And let's get to it. The Pure Opelka podcast for September 11th, 2023. It's been a while. I know I have been busy. I have been elsewhere doing radio all over the country. Thank you to those of you who found me, followed me. And if you ever want to know where I'm going to be doing radio, other than the weekly show in Philadelphia, you can just visit pureopelka.com, pureopelka.com, and you will see my fill-in work and how to connect with me. It's really kind of simple. So go there. every. You should go there every weekday, pureopelka.com, and you'll see what I'm up to. Uh, as I said, today is a kind of an important day in American history. September 11th, 2001, the terror attack on New York City, on Washington, D.C. Also, the plane that was brought down in Shanksville. And I'm one of the people who believes we probably shot it down. I know there's a lot of stories that say it was brought down by the people on the plane. Todd Beamer, let's go. I get it. But I'm thinking we probably took that plane down just to make sure. And then if you fast forward from 2001 to 2012, you have the attack on the American embassy compound in Benghazi where we lost four Americans as well. Each one of these events needs to be remembered and taught and never forgotten about. These were attacks on America, attacks by our sworn enemies, the people who today still get up and say death to America. So we need to make sure we never forget. And we never forget not just the 3,000, it was just around 3,000 people who were killed on September 11th, but the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands, who suffered horrific cancers and illnesses following their work cleaning up at Ground Zero. And we never forget those folks. They gave of themselves to try and rescue people. So let's, uh, let's keep everybody in our, our prayers. It's kind of important. Never, ever forget September 11th. Keep teaching it. There's an entire generation out there that uh, will be voting in 420 days, by the way, who did not know what happened. And because the mainstream media isn't telling the whole story, of course, they're not getting the whole story. So it's your job to make sure. Now, our president, Joe Biden, is not going to be at New York City, not going to be at uh, Washington, D.C., not going to be at Shanksville, at any of the locations where the attacks happened. He's going to be visiting Alaska on his way home from a trip, a trip to the G20 in India, then a visit to Vietnam. And don't you think we could have planned this better? After all, we are the biggest country in the G20. And couldn't the planners at the White House have said, hey, uh, we need to make sure Joe's back in D.C. or back in New York or or back at Shanksville in order to pay tribute to September 11th, 2001, but no, that didn't happen. They let the G20 tell them when they were going to come back. And, and, you know, Joe Biden could have just left the G20 and come home. No, he had to do this, this visit to Vietnam, which was riddled with gaffes, just so many gaffes, including the, um, the Joe Biden welcome to the press conference when he walked into the press conference and uh, looked around the room 
I, I, I'm not sure who needs to be fired, but I'm thinking there needs to be somebody who should be fired after Joe walked into the press conference and said this. Well, uh, you know, there's that one of my staff members said a famous song, you know, good morning, Vietnam. Well, good evening, Vietnam. The famous song? Good morning, Vietnam. Are you kidding me? Good morning, Vietnam! Was not a song, sir. Was a movie, and I'm pretty sure you probably saw the movie, but you don't remember the movie. That's a pretty good bet. But Joe Biden just uh, completely, completely an embarrassment. And again, there's new surveys out showing that so many people in this country, more than 75 percent of the voters in this country, want uh, a uh, an age limit imposed on our elected officials. I'm not in for the age limit. What I am in for is a cognitive test, a cognitive test. I believe Senator Cassidy of Louisiana has asked the White House to release some sort of mental report from the White House staff, the White House medical staff, you know, maybe check and see if there's a brain there, something that's working. It's just embarrassing. So here's the president. He's up in front of God and everybody at this press conference. And uh, this was one of the weirder, more wandering moments from the event yesterday as well. My my brother loves having those famous lines from movies that he always quotes. You know, and one, one of them is there was, there was a movie about John Wayne, he's an Indian scout. Wait a minute. Are we allowed to say Indian? Aren't you supposed to say Native American? And was John Wayne playing an Indian? I don't think he was. Was he playing a member of a tribe? It gets confusing. And they're trying to get the, I think it's Apache, one of the great tribes in America, back on the reservation. And he's standing with the Union, so he's in roll arms, and they're on their horses and their saddles. And there's three or four Indians in headdresses, and the Union soldiers. The Union soldiers basically saying, the Indians, come with me, we'll take care of you, everything will be good. And they. And- Boy, can he tell a story, right? He's just given us the elevator pitch on the plot for this story. Scout, the Indian looks at John Wayne and points to the Union and says, he's a lion dog-faced pony soldier. Well, there's a lot of lion dog-faced pony soldiers out there about, about global warming. But not anymore. All of a sudden, I realize it's a problem. And there's nothing like seeing the light. Uh, the light you need to see is not the light you're thinking, sir. The lion dog dog face pony soldier story is now being repurposed to be used everywhere. And apparently, uh, and we'll try and find the actual clip from the movie, but apparently it didn't go that way. That Joe might be mingling moments from a couple of different movies. We will see. But he got confused during the press conference. He, as you know, no shock, got a little bit of confusion in, in what was happening there. And uh, let's see. Yeah. I'm just following my orders here. Following orders, okay. Uh, 
Looking through cards. Confused. Staff, is there anybody haven't spoken? Staff, is there anybody I haven't spoken to? And of course you say that and then the media starts yelling, yeah, me, me, you haven't talked to me, me over here. You haven't called on me. I ain't calling on you. I'm calling on you. I said that five questions. Anita, BOA. So he couldn't remember Anita from Voice of America? And the reporters who did raise their hands, I ain't calling on you. I ain't, I ain't calling on you. Boy, is this embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. And uh, Joe also made a fool of himself during the press conference because uh, he said the quiet part out loud, especially as it relates to China. So really what this trip is about, it was less about containing China. I, I, I don't want to contain China. I just want to make sure we have a relationship with China that is on the up and up, squared away. Everybody knows what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to contain China. They're not bad folks, folks, remember? Joe Biden hasn't had a conversation with the Chinese leader, Xi Jinping, since last October or November. And since that time, what has China done? China has flown a spy balloon over sensitive areas in America. China has made connections to Russia and is buying Russia's oil, which is helping Russia fund its war in Ukraine, which the G20 no longer calls a war against Ukraine. They call it the war in Ukraine. Never mind that Russia invaded Ukraine, but now it's just called the war in Ukraine. Well, it's Russia waging war against Ukraine, but they're trying to change the language. So Joe doesn't want to contain China. He just wants everything to be on the up and up. Oh, boy. The press conference got so bad, so bad that cringe, cringe on Pierre had to cut his mic like they do at the Academy Awards when somebody speaks too long and then the band starts playing. This actually happened at a press conference, a presidential press conference. We talked about we talked about at the conference overall. We talked about stability. We talked about making sure that the third world, the uh, excuse me, third world, the uh, the the, uh, the southern hemisphere had access to change. It had access. We, it wasn't confrontational at all. I'm only 17 seconds into this, and he's lost at least two or three times trying to talk about what the G20 was about. This is embarrassing. Thank, thank you, everybody. This ends thank, the count press thank conference. You. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. So KJP jumps in, says, thank, th thank you, everybody. This ends the press conference. And Biden at least takes that order and puts his mic down and grabs his binder. And then the piano starts playing. The group, the whatever combo they had there in the lounge starts playing. <laughs> A couple of the members of the press, I think, led by Peter Ducey, started yelling questions, and it almost looked like he was going to take a question or try and answer it. Yeah, just play that uh, lounge music as he walks off. One of the most embarrassing moments I've ever seen in the history of presidential press conferences. 
this guy's brain ain't functioning correctly. He's not there. And the moment he said, I want to go to bed now, in front of people, you said the quiet part out loud, sir. Do you have any idea how embarrassing that is? Now, the polls are showing that there's a problem here. The polls are showing it, and uh, the left side of the mainstream media started to pick up on it yesterday in his final, final episode as host of Meet the Press. Even Chuck Todd brought it up. For the Democrats, the issue, of course, is Biden's age. In a CNN poll this week, nearly 7 in 10 Democrats said the party should nominate, quote, a different candidate than Joe Biden. And it was the biggest concern among 49% of all Democrats. The biggest concern was Biden's age. Overall, just 28% of Americans say Biden inspires confidence. That's down 24 points from two years ago when he was... 24 points in less than two years. Just his confidence. He doesn't inspire confidence. Yeah, his age is a problem. And over at ABC, which... You would think ABC News, which is so deep, deep inside the Democrat Party, uh, they they would try and put a good spin on things. For Democrats this week, a new CNN poll landed with a thud. President Biden's approval rating slipping below 40 percent. And despite all that talk about Bidenomics, a majority saying Biden's policies have made the economic conditions worse. And then there's this. Two-thirds of Democratic-aligned voters say the party should nominate someone else, someone besides Biden, in 2024. Gee, when two-thirds of your party, not not two-thirds of America, because you know that 95% of Republicans and conservatives would say, don't don't nominate Biden. They should nominate somebody else. Two-thirds of your own party, more than two-thirds, saying you have to nominate someone else. And, of course, that naturally gravitates towards Vice President Kamala Harris, who's supposed to be ready, right? She's supposed to be ready to be the president. She was asked by the Associated Press late last week if she was ready. You feel prepared for that possibility? Uh, As serving as Vice President, prepared you for for that job? Yes. Joe Biden's going to be fine. So that is not going to come to fruition. But let us also understand that every vice president... Every vice president understands that when they take the oath, that they must be very clear about the responsibility they may have to take over the job of being president. I am no different. Well, you're also incompetent at the same time. And aside from that AP interview, Kamala also sat down with Face the Nation this weekend. And they were kind of going through stuff. You know, stuff that you can actually track progress and and see, like she's in charge of the border, right? And the border's really not secure, and she really hasn't been down there, and she really hasn't been doing anything, but she thinks she has. You Do know, you my think the strategy is working, despite the numbers being up? Overall, we are seeing progress, but there is, it, we're not going to have a constant. There are going to be fluctuations. That is normal, just like the weather fluctuates and, and circumstances fluctuate, such as elections in those regions and what. The- whoa, whoa, whoa. Did she just admit that the weather fluctuates? Is she undermining their climate change agenda? I, I think she might be. She just said the weather fluctuates. Yeah, 
Yeah, we're not going to have constant progress. Yeah, the, the weather fluctuates. Hmm. Might mean. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we keep our foot off the gas. We have to stay focused and understand there has to be a long-term strategy as well as a short-term strategy. Um, now, a real journalist would have asked, can you tell us what the short-term strategy is? Because the numbers are, in fact, going up. People are still going up. Uh, the numbers of people coming into the into the country, they're still increasing. Can we can we get some journalism there, CBS? Maybe. I don't know. And, and so was it too the early bottom. to say that the strategy was working when the numbers went down? My point is that focusing on root causes mm-hmm. and doing the work that we have been doing to bring U.S. investment into those countries in a way that is supportive of their economies and supportive of fighting corruption actually works. Well, we don't see it working. And uh, nice assist from Margaret Brennan giving Kamala the out there. So are you saying that it was too early, really, uh, to judge that results? Uh, did we? She gave her the out right there. There was a, uh, a very interesting exchange, though, with Kamala Harris as it relates to abortion. And it seems like the Democrats have tried to put Kamala the vice president, as the face of the party as it relates to the issue of abortion going forward into the 2024 election. And it will be an issue. This will be an issue. And I think Nikki Haley may have found the right route for the GOP on this. Nikki Haley may be the leader on this topic. And plus, being a woman, I know no one can define what a woman is in the Democrat Party, Uh, She might have the bona fides here, but uh, Brennan asking Kamala about where do you place limits on abortion? Because it's more than, I think, more than two-thirds of the people surveyed say that they're okay. They're okay with abortion up until the first trimester, but when viability comes in, when a heartbeat comes in, when pain is felt, that's when there are problems. And and the Democrats, the majority of the Democrats, they don't want any limits. They don't want any limits on abortion. Uh, Kamala couldn't find a way to be specific, and at least she got pressed on this a little bit. So what, what is it that you believe? I mean, what week of pregnancy should abortion access be cut off? We need to restore the protections of Roe versus Wade. Which- now, that's a horrible answer because it's not an answer. And I give Brennan credit because she went right back in. I'm not trying to do something new. Well, that There's- was nebulous because it was about viability, which could be anywhere between 20 to 24 weeks. And but it, so no, 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 no. Let, that's, let's, that let, was me, in let me be very clear. The Women's Health Protection Act that let the White me be, House also Let me endorsed. be very clear. You can't be very clear if you're not specific. Kamala keeps saying, let me be clear. And then she gets very vague. From day one, the president has been clear. I have been clear. We need to put back the protections that are in Roe v. Wade into law. Since the Supreme Court took it, Congress has the power and ability to pass legislation to put those protections back in law, and Joe Biden will sign that bill. Now, she is yet to answer at what point should abortion be illegal? Where is the cutoff? And you got to wonder, will she ever answer that?
So that is what we want. But does it need to be specific in terms of defining and where that guarantee goes up to and where it does not, at which week of pregnancy? We need to put back in place the protections of Roe versus Wade. You we know are why not, I'm asking you this I, question, but though. Because we're not trying to, but we're not trying to do anything. That now, that's probably the most honest thing she's ever said. We're not trying to do anything. We're not trying to do anything. She can't get it done. She can't answer the question. This is a politician. This is someone who has no center, no reality, no soul, if you will. Not exist before June of last year. We well, are it, saying it wasn't no, crafted but, into law. And that's why I'm asking you for the specifics there, because Republicans say the lack of a precise date in cutting it off. You know this. Is they say that allows Democrats to perform abortions up until, you know, birth. Which is ridiculous. Which is statistically which is, which is, not accurate. And, and it's ridiculous. I understand and it's a that. mischaracterization. So no, it's not a mischaracterization. We can play you the clips of Democrats saying that there should be no restrictions, zero restrictions on abortion. She's an embarrassment to the party. She's a problem to the party. And meanwhile, she's holding hip-hop parties, celebrating the 50 years of hip-hop at the vice president's home. Yes, your tax dollars at work as Kamala is dancing. Dancing on America, if you will. One of the more embarrassing clips of the weekend. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Meanwhile, back at uh, the Joe Biden uh, support group, uh, Donna Brazil, remember her? She is the Democrat operative who gave the questions, the debate questions to Bernie Sanders when he, or, I mean, to Hillary when she was going to debate Bernie Sanders and thereby helping Hillary cheat. They have no, they have no truth, do they? Uh, Donna Brazil talking about how Joe Biden is so healthy and vital, and he's much healthier than you or me. I don't get up every morning and exercise. Joe Biden gets up and exercise. I don't have to work 12, 15-hour days. Joe Biden is working 12, 15-hour days. Joe Biden has shown that he's up for the job, willing to what? do the job. But is it an X factor? Yes. Should people be concerned? Of course. We should be concerned every day about our health and our vitality. But... Democrats also understand that Joe Biden has the experience to lead and he has the commitment to serve the American people. So why it might be an X factor, there are other factors that will also come under consideration when we go to the polls some 420 days from now. 420 days exactly from now. I cannot believe she said that with a straight face. Especially after Joe fumbled uh, this, this past weekend when he was in India at the uh, G20, G18, because China and Russia didn't show up. China and Russia basically said, yeah, we don't care. We're more powerful than you. But uh, Joe was fumbling and getting it wrong. And in this case, he screwed up the name of the most powerful guy in the oil world. It used to be America. You know, we used to be the world leader in oil and gas production. Now, since Joe Biden's shutting everything down, it's the Saudis. And uh, Mohammed bin Salman is the name of the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. But Joe's got a problem with that. 
And I particularly want to thank Prime Minister Modi and the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salam, so, excuse me, Mohammed bin Salam, and uh, President von der Leyen and the European Commissions. And since it's, uh, he's not speaking today, uh, I wanted to, well, maybe he is speaking today. Yeah, not only to screw up his name, uh, he is speaking today. Go ahead. It's Mohammed bin Salman. And I particularly want to thank Prime Minister Modi and the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salam. So, excuse me, Mohammed bin Salam. Bin Salam or bin Salman? Yeah, uh, Mohammed bin Salman. Not Salam, not Salam. What adult. What an embarrassing dude. It, it really is frustrating to see this guy. And now um, he, he's, remember, he said he doesn't want China to think that, uh, that we're, we're going to try to hurt him. He's, he wants them to know that we're just good partners, right? And so really what this trip was about, it was less about containing China. I, I, I don't want to contain China. I'm not, we're not looking to hurt China. Hmm. Maybe we should. Maybe China should think we're looking to hurt them. They certainly look like they're looking to hurt us. I remember Joe on the campaign trail in 2020. China is going to eat our lunch? Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are. If it continues this way, if Democrats get reelected, China will definitely eat our lunch. <sighs> there was good news over the weekend. Of course, there were some campaign events held on behalf of the GOP. Uh, the first big event happened in South Dakota, where Governor Christy Nome gave a full-throated endorsement for President Trump. It is my honor to present to you the man in the arena. He is a man of significance. He is the leader, the fighter that our country needs. He has my full and complete endorsement for President of the United States of America. I will do everything I can to help him win and save this country. Ladies and gentlemen, the 45th and the 47th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Trump. Yeah, there he goes, Donald Trump. Yeah, it was a nice endorsement from Christy Noman. A lot of people are saying, well, maybe this means she wants to be his VP. I'm sure she would. And then the, uh, the focus went over to Iowa in the Iowa-Iowa State game. DeSantis was there. Trump was there. Trump got a lot more applause than DeSantis. Trump also went to some frat houses, flipped some burgers, threw some footballs. They generally had a, a, a bigger and better response, I think it would be fair to say, than Ron DeSantis. And Trump is still so far ahead of everybody else. But you've got Democrats, and uh, some of them are hosts on places like SiriusXM, saying that... Uh, Mr. Trump needs to die in prison. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if any one of us in the conservative sphere said Joe Biden needs to die in prison? We'd get a Secret Service visit. All right, I'm, uh, I'm pulling over for a moment. When we come back, we'll get Dr. Michael Roizen in here with some very important information on your health, your wellness. A visit with the doctor, Mike Roizen, next on the Puro Pelka podcast. Is there a doctor in the house? That's the question they're asking. I'm asking, too. We need to get our weekly conference with Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic, the man behind so many great, great books about your health and getting younger, but more importantly, longevityplaybook.com. 
longevityplaybook.com, the website that will help you turn yourself into a genetic engineer and make yourself younger and live longer as well as younger. Hey, Doc, how are you? I'm very good, and you did it perfectly. Longevityplaybook.com, free trial. So go there, and uh, who knows? You may be able to be prepared when the reboot comes so you'll be 40 when the clock strikes 90. I like that. I like that a lot. Make sure you're 40 when the clock strikes 90, and you'll you'll impress everybody. But more importantly, you'll feel better, and you, you will literally and, feel better. And have more fun. True. And fun is the best thing to have. I learned that from Arthur. Uh, Dr. Royston, you said so much great uh, research. I want to try and get to as much of it as I can. But I'm worried that uh, that one of the president's advisors is telling people that uh, they're going to recommend uh, you don't have more than two beers a week. Uh, I, I got a problem with this. He's mirroring something a Canadian health advisor said. Two beers a week, Doc. That seems a little stingy. Well, they aren't taking into account the benefits of... Um, alcohol and socialization. So stress, remember we said posse, and a lot of people build their posse through having a couple of beers at the pub with them. Yeah. So um, the you got to take into account that. So the, the data, just, just to give you the absolute data, the absolute data says um, three to four nights a week, um, one to two drinks max those three to four nights a week. Okay. Um, so if you said uh, one, one drink four nights a week, that's four beers or four glasses of wine or four uh, spirits. So, or if you had two, it's, uh, say you have two threes, it's six. So I think two is a little stingy. You're right. Okay. Well, and, do and doesn't include all the benefits of posse building. That's right. And I'm pro posse. I'm team posse. All right, let's get into um, some of this great research. Now, the language here, I'm, I'm always nervous because you use words that I don't use in my normal everyday discussions with people. Transcranial stimulation improves short-term memory in randomized controlled trial. I know most of those words, but what the heck is transcranial st stimulation? It's electrical stimulation. You put a helmet on and they stimulate specific areas underneath your brain, underneath the skull through electrical impulses. And it turns out that when you stimulate areas involved in short-term memory or long-term memory, you actually improve that. So the, one of the tests of it is you give people 20 words to remember. You randomly allocate them to testing to transcranial stimulation of a memory center, a long-term center, or a placebo area. And you see, do they increase? And what it did, it increased from 37% recall of the 20 words to 60% consistently, 20 people. And even at four months, they still had 57% recall. So tremendous benefit um, from 20 minutes of stimulation for three days. Well, 20 minutes, so you got to wear the, so re the helmet. Yeah, the helmet for 20 minutes, no big deal, right? Um, just think of it, and, and it's inexpensive enough so you can put the helmet on at home. Um, now, we need to repeat it, obviously, in a bigger study, but these were people 65 to 85, who, uh, some of who already had memory problems, and it improved that memory problem. Very important. But it doesn't necessarily reverse it. It just helps with your current short-term memory. 
Um, we don't know whether it reversed it or not. It wasn't a trial in patients to look at did it reverse it. It was a trial to say, could you improve it? Okay, so but this is kind of new uh, data, and maybe they're going to be doing some more long-term studies on this? Yes, it does work in animals. That's why they tried this in humans. Okay, cool. That's uh, very interesting. So we may be getting updates on that in the near future. Uh, now, the second one here that you like that I'm interested in, uh, this seems a little disturbing. The prevalence of recreational drug use in 11% in cardiac ICUs. That That's telling me you've got a bunch of people with drugs showing up in, in emergency rooms in ICUs? No, this is people with heart attacks. Oh, who they then looked at their urine over the two or three day course they were in the ICU or people after cardiac surgery. So their friends were giving it to them or they were getting it somehow. Um, and what is really disturbing isn't that 11% used it. What is really disturbing is it increased the risk of dying if they used one drug, the most common of which was marijuana. If they used that one drug, marijuana in the ICU, it increased their risk of dying threefold. If they use two drugs, say they use marijuana and something else, it increased their risk of dying ninefold. So these people are using these drugs while they're in the ICU after a heart attack? Yes. Well, that's stupid. Uh, is it, I, I'm sorry. Is that wrong for me to say? You're in a hospital. You've had a heart attack. It seems like the dumbest thing you could do is be using recreational drugs. It's, it just seems like that falls in the stupid category. Yeah, it does. And, and the only way you'd say, oh, my friend gave me and had, he smoked it with me while I was taking the oxygen. Yeah. Wow. It's, it, well, I don't think they're smoking in the hospitals because you'd smell it. It's probably they're getting gummies from their friends or something like that. Yes, okay. exactly. But people, stop being stupid. If you're in the hospital, if for any, don't be taking recreational drugs in the hospital. You're in the hospital for a reason, and that reason is to get better. And recreational drugs are not the My goodness, doctor. By the way, this is a large study. Oh, good. So it wasn't, it wasn't a trivial, you know, 10 people. This was 1,400 people. Wow. Significant indeed. All right, Doc. I was out in the sun today for about four hours. I did carry with me the uh, spray-on sunscreen SPF 50, and you're saying we need to keep wearing sunscreen every day? Yes, whether you're out in the sun or not intentionally on all exposed surfaces. And not only that, but you really want zinc oxide. All the others, most of the spray-ons, now, if you notice, they have safety warnings on them because they can cause liver disruption and liver disease as well as endocrine disruption. You spray it on a frog, they become impotent. All the spray-ons that aren't zinc oxide, um, and you want micronized zinc oxide, and all the spray-ons that weren't zinc oxide, uh, literally were grandfathered in because they were around before the FDA required safety testing. Wait, 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 so wait, the wait, FDA wait. has gone back and required safety testing, and they haven't passed. Wow. I, I, I want to dial this back just a couple seconds, Doc. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you said uh, these same spray-on uh, sun protection products, uh, they sprayed them on frogs, and the 
frogs uh, were impotent? They couldn't get any lead in the pencil? Is that what you're saying? Um, they became feminized, right. So I should be stopping using this spray-on unless it's zinc oxide immediately. You want, you want micronized zinc, right. Yeah, you want micronized zinc, not micronized no, that, penis. That isn't a mean to say don't use sunscreen. We want you to use sunscreens, but we want you to use micronized zinc. Okay, I'm more nervous about what the, what the sunscreen was doing to the frogs because, you know, frogs, people. I don't want to lose out on your time because there's so much good stuff here. Um, talk about the early signs of dementia. What are the signs of dementia? It is inability to learn new things. Hmm. It, is, it, it is inability to, that, I mean, that's the first thing. It is getting lost when you try and go to a new place and you get directions, but you can't learn how to get there. So it is, it is things that are, um, you'd like to, it isn't just memories you forget. That isn't the problem. It is, in fact, not being able to do your finances, writing checks incorrectly, or not processing checks. It is um, putting dishes that you wash instead of in the dishwasher, in the refrigerator, etc. So it's doing things that are that show a lack of thought frequency. That is a lack of thought progression hmm. from one thing to another to another. And is that lack of inability to learn something new or even take directions to a new location? Are those really big flashing warning signs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, what do you do then? What, what, what's the next call you make the, on behalf the, of... The next step is you try and get to a neurologist who specializes in um, what we call minimal cognitive dysfunction. But in addition, before that, if you're 15 over, you should be doing physical activity. It turns on a gene that, in fact, produces a small protein that goes and makes your brain memory center bigger, makes it more likely you're going to succeed. Um, you should be doing speed of processing games on your computer. So you should do things in advance. You should be eating correctly. You should smell four smells every day. You know, coffee, onions, garlic. Anything, <laughs> mint, all those yeah. things. So what do we learn? When you lift weights, you tear a little muscle, you turn on a gene that not only repairs the muscle, but goes and makes the brain bigger. When you do speed of processing games, you turn on a gene that makes a specific set of proteins, NPAS4, that repair the neurons. When you do jumping, you turn on a gene that repairs the bones, that makes the bones stronger. So we evolved to actually repair, have repair systems that help you, especially when you do them in advance. There literally are 40 things you can do that have been shown in at least two studies to change the rate of aging your brain. Two simple ones. A half a tablespoon of extra virgin olive oil a day. Whether you have it in salad or in cooking, whatever way you have it, that's fine. Another one, getting those four discrete smells that you smell every day. So you make it a point. I'm going to smell ammonia. I'm going to smell onions. I'm going to smell garlic. I'm going to smell coffee today. Whether you drink or eat or, or use those things at all, but smell them so that it decreases plaque buildup in your brain. It's amazing to me to think that four simple smells can decrease the plaque buildup in your brain, which we know is related to dementia 
And it's just something so simple you can do. So do that, people. Do these simple little things and make your brain become a, a, a fighter for you to age slower, but even reverse some of that aging. Really important. One more quick one here, Doc. I, I see people everywhere, young people, old people wearing compression type either sleeves or socks. Is all of this recommended behavior? Well, that's the incredible thing. We think that compression stockings take away that tired leg feeling at the end of the day. So when you're on the golf course, when you get through with it, your legs probably feel heavy compared to the way they did when you were 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, that's probably due to the accumulation of fluid. And by wearing gentle compression stockings, it keeps the excess fluid out of your legs. It helps your blood flow. And it gives you more energy at the end of the day. Can I wear them to sleep? We don't want you to wear them to sleep. So we want you to wear them while you're standing up, while you're moving, and especially if you're sitting for long periods of time. But like everything we say here, check with your physician whether they're right for you. They decrease clots. You want to have a lot of water in you beforehand. And remember, it's still the best thing is continual movement of your legs as much as possible but the compression stockings helps give you more energy at the end of the day. Very important. I'm going to look into that. His name is Dr. Michael Royson. He is my friend, and he is also with us on the radio regularly to talk about health, wellness, and especially making yourself a genetic engineer to make yourself live younger and hence live longer and younger. And you need to go to the longevityplaybook.com and check it out. There's a free trial there, and you can you can learn at your own pace. It's really cool. Dr. Royzen, I can't thank you enough, my friend. I can't thank you enough. Thanks very much, Michael. 